everybody. Welcome back to the Playing With Power podcast. This issue, we're going to be going over Dr. Mario from Volume 18. doesn't say what year this is. Um, we'll 1990, that, I think. 90 or 91. 91. So uh, this is Ben, as always, and uh, with me is my co-host, Mike. Hey, good to be back. And we have a guest on our show. Welcome, Kevin. Thanks, guys. How's it going? It's going good. So um, I wanted to go ahead and kick into a little bit of an interview segment that uh, you and, and Mike had recorded earlier. So we'll go ahead and play that, and then we'll come right back and uh, read the issue. Okay, hi. This is uh, Mike. Due to scheduling uh, restraints, we will just have to uh, have a little conversation with just me and our guest, Kevin how does your last name be pronounced? It's goatee, like the beard that I won't grow or can't grow worth a shit. <laughs> okay, so uh, I found Kevin by randomly spamming uh, the Facebook, do you know this person? Would you like to make a friend? Whatever. I was just like, you know what? If I make a thousand friends and I invite them all to the page, some of them will talk to me. And hey, I was right. Some of them did. And one of them's Kevin. Hey no, hey now, sorry. So, Kevin, what's your uh, Nintendo experience? Ah, oh, God, I mean, Nintendo was really... Actually, my second system. I had a Commodore 64 I got. That was my second grade. I'm a little bit older. So, Nintendo was my first experience. Uh, the first game I got was DuckTales. Woo-woo. Uh, I got a... Yeah, I know, right? I got a little bit later <laughs> it's a pe- than it's a most pe- kids did. I had to pay for it out of my own pocket because my parents were saying... We're not financing video games, uh, so yeah, I had to pay for it out of my own. It was a Pavlovian response. Anytime someone says DuckTales, you got to say the woo-woo. Noted <laughs> and agreed, actually. Yeah. And uh, Okay, so uh, what do you do? What do I do yeah. and in, in the sense of like career or shits and giggles? or uh, Let's start with the career. By day, I'm a medical sales rep. Uh, by night, I'm a stand-up comic. I also do voiceover as well. Oh. And uh, I created a show recently to help see if I can get out of corporate America by hopefully having this show pick up. And what's the show about? The show is called Comics Watching Comics. It's a show where I uh, have intermediate comics come on and uh, I taped a bunch of them, about almost 50 at a club in the city, New York City. Sorry, I forgot I'm talking to someone from NADA in the area. In uh, New York City. And uh, recorded them. And then I take that footage and then take it to three of my uh, – two different groups of three panelists. Uh, comics I know who have been around for a while uh, and have a lot of really good credits. And we watch, critique, offer advice, and if need be, shit on the comics if they're terrible. And the winning comic that we vote on gets a spot at a top club in the city, which I am working on. The home audience gets to play along too. So how so? Wor- well, working on. Sorry, go working ahead. on as if you, as in you don't have it yet. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm, I'm in negotiations and, and talking to other clubs, the clubs I want to. I have my eyes on uh, to get an agreement to have it there. But um, yeah, that's so that that's that's the answer to the question. <laughs> Yeah, I'm uh, a uh, stand-up comic at by night myself. Although the podcasting really uh, distracted me, 
Uh, uh, do you have much podcast experience yourself? I do. I also do a podcast called the Safe Word Podcast where myself, another comic friend of mine, unfortunately, she's actually moving back home to Denver. We just did our last show this weekend with her, but I will have a new co-host. Uh, we invite two other comics that we know, and we try and have a common theme uh, with our podcast. And last week, we actually had a cool one. We had a couple of comics who are physically disabled, and we talked to them what it's like to uh, trials and tribulations and how they talk about their uh, disabilities on stage and how they make them funny. So oh, yeah. that is that. But yeah, uh, real quick, back to the comics, watching comics. Just want to finish up what the show's about. So the, the sure. first half was, like I said, all my comic – uh, three panelists and myself, we watch the uh, intermediate comics. We select a winning comic. The second part is the home audience gets to play along too by they will uh, uh, vote via Twitter and pick their favorite panelist to, uh, that they want to see come back to the following week's episode. So home audience gets to play along by picking their favorite comic to come back to next week by voting on Twitter. And then uh, So it's always going to be me. Uh, the returning panelists and a uh, another uh, two new comics, and then we also are having a master panelist, Jeffrey Gurian. If you look him up, the guy's written for years. He's written for a ton of famous comics: Dangerfield, Dice, Joan Rivers, a ton. Oh, the greats! Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, and then he's also does comedy now. Um, he's also on Sirius XM as well. So, but he'll be a master panelist. Oh, he was a come, so that's a huge uh, get for you. Three and four. Yeah, thank you. I think so, too. Um, if you're in comedy, then you know the name. If you don't, you're like, well, who the hell is that guy? Well, that's who he is. He's a pretty, pretty darn big yeah. name. I, I, I kind of like uh, orbited comedy my entire life. We're just, uh, you know, just watching Dangerfield, Kinnison, Rivers, uh, Pryor, Carlin, just watching those guys. Uh, and even uh, in the, like Dom Herrera. Right. Uh, just uh, Larry Miller. Just watching those guys thinking, like, I'll never be like that. And then I got to do some stand-up, and uh, some local guys were just, you know, really encouraging and telling me I've got what it takes. And, you know, that felt really awesome. And then I started doing podcasting, and I'm like, wait, I don't even have to leave my house or take the bus in winter? Okay, so I can be funny at home? Uh, and, and it's like now the temptation of being, like, my, my laziness and my shut-in behavior. Is all just like, wait a second, I can get all my humor done, and I don't have to look at a crowd give me a blank stare? All right, I can get approval from afar, and I don't have to see the silence in their faces. Right. Well, <laughs> if you want to be, if you want to avoid the silence, be funny. <laughs> oh. But hey, everyone has bad sets. We know that. Everyone has a, a night where they just, you know, they don't have the fastball. It happens. So, uh, no well, I've always been like shy and awkward. So even if I do have something, delivering it is. Uh, but, like, um, I did freeze up a time or two, but only to check my phone because I've got, like, a shit memory. But there are times I got completely bombed, and I just still felt that exhilaration, like, i got to do it again. So, right. like, I think that's, like, the big sign that, like, I can do this. Like, if I'm not completely devastated and it's like, oh, no, all the approval I desperately needed wasn't there. Oh, what am I going to do? It's like, they didn't like, right. they didn't like it, but I did. So fuck them. Right. There's your attitude. <laughs> Go get him, Tiger. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, well, I did. Uh, I, I like to be like technically clean, like not swear in the act because I do want to appeal to businesses. 
but, right. but due to my my nature, I I, I tend to uh, walk along the edge of controversy just simply because I find you know the uh, the very uh, act of being controversial to be hilarious. Like like who decides like like pointing out these like the satire and the funny that's in this uh, the, the so called morality. Like right. I did a joke about uh, the iPad. Like, what if the iPhone was out in the fifties? And the concept is basically like technology allows a generation to be what they are. Like Instagram allows all the the people who are already vain and selfish to be even more vain and selfish. So, what would the iPhone do if it was launched in the fifties? And then I went into an ad, like. New from Apple Industries, the intelligent phone. This little ebony-colored deck of card-sized plastic object is not only a wireless telephone, that's right, a wireless telephone, it also has an integrated map feature that tells you where you are and where you're going. It even works with public transportation. Finally, a black friend you can sit at the front of the bus with. Gotcha. It's really not... Fuck, I really expect that to be a gut buster, but it never is. Can I be honest with you? Mm. Too much setup. Yeah, but if I just say a black friend, you get canceled at the front. No, no, no. I know I get that, but it just goes on. It just goes on a little, a little too long, man. Just got to kind of trim that down and well, and, and get get to it a little bit quicker. Uh, oh, comedy tips are hard because I, I did. Ha- I did. Ha- <laughs> Hell, I made a fucking show out of it. So yeah, yeah it's. Uh, well, I had a, like an extension afterwards, like, and it also comes with a morality watch application, so you know who in your neighborhood is a threat to decency and public values. Is your milkman a communist? Is your neighbor a homosexual? Is your wife a pedophile? Not in my backyard, you can say with pride, because my information comes from the government, a source I can trust. All right. And that's why I'm not going to do comedy anymore. (laughs) (sighs) Anyway, Nintendo. (laughs) Yes. So... Uh, we got this issue of Nintendo Power. What was your experience with the magazine? It's uh, I had it forever. Um, I remember when people would bring it to school, and then I ended up getting a subscription of my own. And uh, I don't know when I junked them. I had a bunch. I mean, we had that. We had Game Pro. We had Electronic Game Monthly. We had all that stuff. My brother and I, we collected all that stuff and subscribed. Um, Nintendo Power, I mean, obviously it was the first we had, and it was obviously more special. I remember especially going through and taking pictures of our high scores and sending them in to Nintendo Power. Uh, never made the cut, of course, but uh, even called the Nintendo Tip Hotline. Uh, I remember the, the Simpsons game was such a hard-ass game to play. Which one, the Space Mutants or Bart versus the World? Yeah, Space Mutants. I got that from my, oh my God, I got that from my eighth grade graduation. Holy shit, that's how old I am. But yeah, it's uh, Nintendo Power, man. It's just, it's just really... And I remember going through this, and I specifically remember when I looked up the, for the Castlevania 3, I got the game for my birthday, and I had remembered the Dr. Mario cover, so I looked it up online, like, oh my god, I remember this, and I'm just flipping through, and I was like, Jesus, it, just, it was a cool little walk down memory lane, they were saying, well, the, here the game's coming out, I'm like, oh god, I remember, obviously you remember getting those, and there are a lot of actually pretty good games in, the, uh, in that episode, uh, in that magazine, sorry, so, but yeah, I got Castlevania 3. I didn't have the first two. I played them at friends' houses. Uh, but three was such a great game. I think they got it all. I think that was the best one by far. Even the music was kick-ass. Yeah, uh, solid game. Very, very hard. I only beat it, I think, once. And I beat it with the, uh, what the hell was the name? Cypher, whatever the hell, the, the, the magician. Oh, yeah. 
because he had the, I use a, those lightning balls uh, to really uh, administer the most damage. The uh, the bat I, I used Alucard for a long time to get through the game because you could fly around and kind of dodge stuff. But his his the fireballs were so weak uh, they were they're just almost useless. The pirate was cool, but he didn't he, he was more a close range attack. But uh, I used the uh, the sorcerer with the fire spell and the uh, the three lightning balls that honed around it and got him. But yeah, that was a that was a really hard game. That's something I think Nintendo really can stand out by saying that uh, the Nintendo games are a lot were a lot harder than a lot of the newer games that come out now. Like I remember, like for example, Ninja Turtles, impossible. It took me forever to beat that first game, forever. I never did. Um, you didn't really? No, I tried, and like I, I, I grew up like fucking dirt poor, so I could not buy many games. I could only like play them for a short time at whatever friend I made for long enough to play it. And of course, like you know, you gotta take turns or you know do other shit when you're hanging out with a friend because the parents are just like you know you can't just play games. You gotta go outside, so you know your time is so right. limited. You just don't have the the hours. It takes to, you got to be like that uh, Malcolm Gladwell and just you go you got to play a Nintendo game for ten thousand hours before you get good at it. Yeah, you needed yeah uh, you needed the, the the scrolls to get to beat Shredder and and then Krang too and all that. And if you didn't have your scrolls, there's you know it was almost impossible to beat it with boomerangs or especially Chinese stars or whatever the hell. So. Yeah, the, the Nintendo games are the hardest by far. Not even close. Yeah, no save points. Ugh. Barely. I mean, I think the batteries came into into play late. I think Zelda Two was, I think, the first one to have Zelda. the battery in the game. Zelda One was the first. Bro, that was it. Sorry, One was the first. But yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, that, that, you're right. And it continues and all that. But yeah, it's. Uh, oh yeah, they're tough. Castlevania. That was that was a real tough one. But I loved it. It was great. I even had some of the the uh, was it Nintendo sixty four follow up. I don't think I ever beat beat that one. But I think Castlevania Three was great. The best. Uh, I think did they make it one for the PlayStation? I don't recall. Yeah, Symphony of the Night, Symphony of Dawn, or something. Right, or Symphony I don't of the I Night. Had that or not? I don't think I did. But yeah, Castlevania Three was the best by far. Have you seen the uh, the latest Castlevania, like Lords of Shadow? I have not. It's pretty good. Well, I'm not, I'm not sure about pretty good, but it's it's not bad. Um, enjo- I enjoyed the uh, like you play this guy named uh, Gabriel Belmont. Right. And he's like the very first Belmont because like he has like no memory. So he just like grew up in like the Belmont, like the good mountains. So he was given that name and he works for the church and he's uh, in a village like exercising werewolves and uh, witches and uh, other monsters. But like there's no vampires in the game. Only at the end when you defeat, like, all the monsters and, uh, like, their essences uh, leave them and they get absorbed into you and your powers grow. And then at the very end, uh, you get, like, you uh, fight Death, who is uh, voiced by Patrick Stewart. I mean, not a bad choice for a VO, that's for sure. Yeah. So Patrick Stewart, well, he starts off as like like your your comrade in arms, but that's the big twist at the end, like he's death. And when you beat him, like you get like all the uh, all the essences of evil corrupt your body. 
So it shows you uh, like a thousand years later and you're in this throne and uh, a guy and then like death comes back and he goes, I've come to talk to you, Gabriel. And he speaks to him in some Latin language, but he's saying my name is Dracula. So that's the big fucking twist. The first Belmont is Dracula. Interesting. Yeah, and then when uh, he gets into a fight, it's a cutscene, and when he th- and when he throws death out the window, it shows in like out of the window you get to see cars, buildings, skyscrapers. So it ends in the modern age. And, and it's for what PS4 or three or uh, what? Xbox 360 is when I is where I played it, but it might be they might have uh, a PS3 version as well. And the sequel starts off immediately afterwards. So you're Dracula in the modern age. And he's uh, tired of, you know, being such a scourge, having to fight and kill his family, you know, for centuries. So he seeks redemption. So you get to play Dracula in a Castlevania game, which is pretty cool. Is it really? Wow. Does he have a lot of, I guess, cool powers and whatnot? Oh, yeah. And uh, he ha- he has to go through like his memories or like the the idea of his memories, where he has to like make amends with his wife and child that he abandoned, and uh, like he has to uh, like seek the forgiveness of his son Trevor. Trevor was which one? Was that the Super Nintendo? The Nintendo one? Yeah. The Super Nintendo yeah, the one, ni- or yeah, was that the Nintendo one and uh, the one for Castlevania three? Because you play... Uh, I thought Simon... That's right, because I thought Simon was still the third one, but you're right. No, I forgot about his, that. It's uh, his descendant. Right. So you play the first... You play the first Belmont, Trevor. So it kind of all, like, plays around a bit, where Trevor, uh, like, fought Dracula. But then uh, he received a fatal wound, so Dracula saved his life because he was his son. So he turned him into a vampire, making him Alucard. Got it. So that's where Alcar comes in for the uh, third one. You know, they kind of did some twisting around, but, uh, you know, it's an interesting little mythology. You are well steeped in the Castlevania lore, my good man. <laughs> for a guy that hasn't played all of them. My first experience was with the, uh, was with Super Castlevania. I remember that one. <clears throat> I had that one. Was that 60? That was in 64, was no, it? No, Super. It was Super Nintendo. Super. And there was a 64. I think, yeah, there's one for 64. What was that one called again? Castlevania 64. Was it 64? No, Jesus. I don't think so. It must have been kind of like, uh, like Castlevania Rondo, Midnight. Uh, like I said, I haven't played them all. Like, I didn't even, like, I wouldn't even know what the 64 one looked like. Although, if it was on the 64, it would probably look like a pile of Doritos in a, in a, in a shape of a person, but... Yeah, there are some good games on 64. Oh, yeah. Bond, Perfect Dark. Shadows of the Empire. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, Sha- yeah, Shadows, love that one. And uh, Dan- oh, Star Wars Battlefront, or your Battleship, whatever the hell it was. Rogue, no, Rogue, Rogue Squadron, that was it. I love that. Yeah, and, uh, well, see, the N64 was at its best when they, tr- when they weren't trying to go 3D. Because it, it, right. it was like the awkward puberty of consoles. Where like the voice is cracking, acne's acne's popping up all over. It's like, you know, the little guy's growing up, but it's going to be a while before you can stand to look at him again. 
And that was the uh, the N64, like all the points and angles. And it was just like, that's why I like like Link to the Past better than Ocarina of Time. Simply because right. Link to the Past looked better, even though it was on a previous generation, simply because they didn't try to push the system past its limits. They just like stuck with what they were good at and they did it well. Like it's a, it's a lush, vibrant world. And in Link to the Past, everything is kind of like dark or the, uh, you know, the angles are weird. Everything's all pointy. It's a, it's a mess. But the, they did come up with Paper Mario. I don't remember being a fan of that one. It's not for everybody. It's a small numbers game, so it's like a small number RPG. So instead of yeah. having like, oh no, it got like 650 hit points, like no, you, you'll be at the game, at the end of the game, you may have like 30 or like 50, maybe 60 hit points. But, you know, like it makes it, it gives it its own challenge. Yeah, I was not big in the RPG game. Most RPG games, I was not into. Not my, uh, not my cup of tea. Uh, what about like the uh, kind of RPG games, like Secret of Mana or uh, Chrono Trigger? Nope, and nope. <laughs> uh, first person sh- now, I guess now it's pretty much just first person shooters. The Batman Arkham games I love. Uh, sports games uh, like Madden or baseball, and um, I don't know. I might get the new Doom. I still have. Mad Max and the wrapping. I've never even, I didn't even open that up yet. It's still from Christmas. Jesus. <laughs> I have the Metal Gear game. Metal Gear games are excellent. Those are always a, a good one. Oh, and Far Cry. The Far Cries are great too. But yeah, and RPGs, not my, uh, I think I played Final Fantasy for a while on Super Nintendo. Which one? The, that was uh, all right. Two or three? Uh, I think three. Oh, the best one. Yeah, that was good. The music was good. The characters were good. I mean, what what better game like fuck Final Fantasy seven Final Fantasy six which was three for the Super Nintendo it had a psychotic villain like Sephiroth except by the middle of the game he actually fulfills his ambition he 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 does his job like he wants to destroy the world and the heroes actually fail and you get to see the world get fucked up and then you have to carry on the world is broken and dying. And you can't fix it. At the very least, you can just like avenge it by killing this guy. And the game right. and the game ends with no promise of like, you know, all, you know, the sky's back, all the fish are alive, like people are can eat, you know, grass is growing again. Like you get to see like one little tree growing in a desolate wasteland, which, you know, by the time it populates a sizable field, everyone else will starve to death. So, so it's it's just an interesting. It ends on, like, uh, such an ambiguous note, but, like, they're still at peace with it. Like, the world may be dying, but, you know, we still have each other. You know, the... the kind of like the uh, the theme song of Growing Pains. <laughs> okay, and we're back. So, Kevin, I understand you have some, some things you wanted to plug while you, while you had the opportunity? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my, TV, my show, I'm trying to get uh, picked up. It's on the web right now. Maybe get it on TV down the road. It's called Comics Watching Comics, uh, the show where I, myself and three other panelists watch a bunch of intermediate comics. We critique, we offer praise, advice, and if they suck, we shit on them uh, if need be. Uh, we pick a winning comic at the end. The home audience gets to play along too. They get to uh, vote via Twitter, pick their favorite panelist, the one that they want to see return to the following week's show. 
They're going to hashtag their favorite uh, panelist at Comics Watching. And uh, that is the show. It's uh, two episodes are out. You can find it at ComicsWatchingComics.com or search on YouTube for Comics Watching Comics. And uh, Instagram, Comics Watching Comics. Twitter, like, like I had said, Comics Watching. Uh, comics Watching. So, And I'm, uh, I'm the host, creator, producer, director. And uh, and fluffer for myself, I might add too. That's a hell of a job. That's got its perks. Oh, that's a uh, some serious Ron Jeremy business going on there. Then <laughs> if you're able to fluff yourself, you know, at least that was a re- that was the case before he had the big get. Anyways, I think there's a reason his last name is spelled with goo. I never knew I never knew a skinny Ron Jeremy. In fact, here's a fun little tidbit. Do you know got Ron Jeremy is in the film Ghostbusters? Where what? He is. I, I think he's an extra. I'm pretty sure it's when right in the right before they walk in the final temple scene, and the and the street breaks up like that as it, like the earthquake. He, you see, you definitely see him in the crowd. <laughs> I know he was in uh, Detroit Rock City. Oh yeah, had, with Edward that Furlong. One, uh, which was the last Edward Furlong. Yeah, where he like vomits <laughs> on the stage. Anyways, he was like a security guard. It's like a cameo almost. Right. And then uh, of course Orgasmo. If you haven't seen that one. That one's a classic from uh, Matt Stone and uh, Trey Parker. Yeah, I turned that off. I was not a fan of that one. Not a fan of that one? No. no? Nope. Oh, that's too bad. That's too bad. All right. Yeah, some, com- some comedians look at comedy as something that's supposed to be an art. Oh, I see. Well, look, it's, uh, I, I get it. It's a dick and fart joke film, and I, believe me, I, I thoroughly <laughs> enjoy dick and fart joke films. Just except that one was just like, ugh, not a fan. <laughs> Didn't hit me. Fair enough. I could, I could see that. Uh, all right, so let's get into our issue here. We're looking at Dr. Mario. Mike, what are we looking at here on the cover? Well, first, did we explain why John is not here? Uh, we haven't or, yet. Or, or did, did, did we acknowledge that John is not here? <laughs> I guess we should. I don't know what you guys have been doing when I have not been here, so I didn't know what the proper protocol was. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, John's not here. Hopefully, we'll uh, we'll get him back. Uh, hopefully if uh, someone donates to the Patreon, we can afford bail money. <laughs> John is uh, working late, so he will hopefully be able to join us in a little bit, I, at least for the back I, half. I prefer my narrative that the law finally caught up with him. <laughs> well, yes, but it's going under a pseudonym, and I don't think that pseudonym has as many charges or arrest warrants out as his real name does, so... <laughs> Um, you know. Okay, so we got to, so Sean Engel. I was only yeah, Sean Engel can get on with a the pretty easy uh, uh, bail money there. All right. Okay, so we got we got Doctor Mario here. We got it's a it's a very nice clay figurines of Doctor Mario on a stepladder throwing pills into a bottle, which you know it doesn't make sense. Like if you're killing the germs, they would be in a human's body, not in the pill jar. Like that's one thing that I've always kind of questioned, but you can't deny that the game, the music and mm-hmm. the, uh, the graphics and the presentation are all top notch. Even though there's a glaring inconsistency, like why would you be trying to disinfect a, uh, a bottle <laughs> with pills? Yeah. You should be throwing them into a person. <laughs> of course, when you've got like 15 pills going into a person, you may have to question if Dr. Mario's, uh, mm got his degree by watching Scrubs in ER. I think Dr. Mario uh, must have been either Michael Jackson or Prince's doctor. (laughs) 
I don't feel so good. Well, then you need pills. I think the pills are making me feel bad. Try these it new is pills. It's interesting how Let's a plumber go. can go from a, a, an Italian plumber can suddenly transform into a doctor. Uh, that is one hell of a uh, of some maneuvering on his part if he's able to do that. <laughs> well, being a pl- well, being a plumber, he can afford med school because you know they make a lot of money. <laughs> so he he may be able to afford med school without student loans, although. That he's qualified after he's done is still a another question. Or maybe he's just an un- unlicensed practitioner running out of Tijuana. <laughs> or he just bought a bunch of pills off some guy in a rave and now he has to unload them before yeah. the cops come sniffing around. He's probably doing uh, fake butt injections too. <laughs> so uh, they have these like creatures that I guess are supposed to be viruses that uh, you see in the game, but they're here in uh, sort of claymation in the bottle, around the bottle, making faces at you. And they just looked like the Domino's Noid to me. Like the yeah, same. The California Raisins. I was just going to say the they exactly Raisins, like yeah. the Noid. That's, that's funny. Yeah. Or that, like, or the old school Space Invaders. Yeah, I could see that. So anyway, so that's the cover. Let's move on in. Um, and they've got a commercial that is holiday themed. And it says, light up your tree with power. And they've got a bunch of Nintendo Power magazines uh, superimposed in a Christmas tree along with a variety of uh, ornaments like Super Mario, Mega Man, apparently Horsehead from uh, <laughs> yeah. Zelda 2 for some yeah, reason. No, they, they got Mega Man, but he's not, he's Woodman. He's the Woodman variant, mm. not uh, the Blue Bomber we all know and love. Well, it makes sense if he's hanging from a Christmas tree, though, right? Like, like what? Yeah, it does. I guess like he's he, just being near the tree. He's already absorbed its uh, its power and color scheme. Right. And now he's got the power to leave splinters and wood shavings all over Doctor Wiley's lab. So they're trying to get you to uh, give a, the gift of the power to a friend, and it's got a nice little to from uh, tear out mailer that you can send to I guess your friend and uh, and and basically fill in your credit card information for them so they can send in and get a, get a subscription to the magazine. I like the ornament that's on the, uh, that's right next to the super Mario brothers three. It's that uh, it, it's Luigi in this weird goofy pose that I, that I have dubbed, you know, nervous blind date Luigi. <laughs> you can see it's that. Like, it's like he, like he just showed up at someone's door and he's like, Oh, hi. Uh, so you must be Daisy. <laughs> I can see that. And I love how they say, uh, where the hell do they say? Yes. Each one, each issue is packed with over 100 pages of unstoppable info. Okay. I had to take about 20 minutes to do a little breakdown. And here's my results. The first four months were 50 to 60 pages. Now, you may think, well, by the time they hit their stride around issue 10, you know, now they're uh, clearing 100 issues. Well, issue 12 was 92 pages. <laughs> and between 12 and now, they ranged between 102 to 106. Now, technically, that's over 100, but that was, not inclu- but that was also including the front and back covers, inside and out, mm. bringing it to 100 or under of actual content. Oh, liars. Wow. Exactly. That's why they're not around anymore. That's why they're not around. Let me take a guess. They also increased the price of the magazine during that time as well. Eventually they did. I'm sure they did. Prices go up, contents go down. Just like a friggin'. Paper uh, towel roll, bag of chips, Reese cups. True. (laughs) 
Did you ever see that bit? You look at them, they used to be they used to be snacks, now they're like friggin' little chocolate peanut butter sliders. <laughs> see, the candy bars too got smaller. Right? Remember the big ones were like now it's just like you need a, like a true like king size and it's like, mm. I don't know, a foot long, but they're charging like four bucks. Like the regular size candy bars are just like two fun size mashed together. Yeah, Toblerones are the only ones that have actually kept their size. No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Kit Kats, I guess, too, right? Oh, yeah. I forget what it was, but uh, Conan O'Brien a few years ago, I think it was Rob Lowe was a guest on his show, and he brought like a Cadbury cream egg from like the previous year and compared it to the one of that year, and there was like a noticeable size difference. <laughs> and it's so like, it's like oh. the old, the old, <laughs> the old, pe- the old people were right. They are screwing us. Yeah. Look at this. It's smaller. Yeah. All right. So table of contents. Did you see anything interesting in here? Uh, not on the first page, but I did notice on the uh, like they're talking about Castlevania three, Mario three, and Mega Man three. It's the uh, season of trilogies, and uh, on the second page of the table of contents for the pack watch, you get to see a casino, and like you got a picture of Mega Man three fighting Garfield. You've <laughs> got. Uh, <laughs> You've got, like, Gizmo fighting Zax from Spider-Man or something. But the next one is the casino, and it says, you're in a casino. There is nobody around. (laughs) So, in other words, you are in a dying casino. (laughs) Normally, you know, they at least have some people around, usually, like, sick and or dying. Yeah. Or Or the compulsive ones that are visibly giving away their grandchildren's inheritance. Yeah. Like I've got a silver dollar. What could I? How many uh, cards can I get for this? I was going to give this baseball card to my kid, but you know, if I can just if I can just let it ride, I know I can make it up. <laughs> I've got to I've got to win eventually. I've got an unused prophylactic from 1973. What can I get for this? And meanwhile, the friggin' the friggin' backer at dealer, he's crying, just like, please go away while you have something. I'm I'm feeling my soul die every time you lose. Just please walk away. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to do this, but the boss can't. The boss has forbidden me to say no. Yeah, just look at the tears in my eyes and take that as a cue to walk away, please. I don't know. I think you have to put yourself in a completely different mindset when you're like a dealer. You're just like, it's just a job, you know. I don't know. It's just a job. It's just you a have job to have that like ru- a, it's just a job that happens to ruin lives yeah. of the compulsive and the weak. You, you have to not care for people. I think is the the key there. Yeah, you just turned off my empathy. It's the same. Uh, it's the same as like a parking lot attendant. You know, the same gene of lack of empathy. <laughs> well, all right. Uh, so on to the players' pulse mailbox. Yeah. So Kevin, did you notice any of these uh, letters in the player's pulse of the mailbag that uh, got your attention or spoke to you? No, none of them. Uh, none of them jumped at me. Hmm. Well, all of them did to me. <laughs> How so? Because get us well, started. Because it's oh, John would have loved this. Because every time he's on the show, a Nintendo faces imminent destruction, and this one is all about the worst. It's called your worst Nintendo nightmare. Okay. And the first one is called The Sticky Situation. From Neil Procknow of Cypress, California. 
I was playing Super Mario Bros. 3 and finally made it to King Koopa. I was thirsty, so before I took him on, I paused the game and got a Pepsi. I took a long drink and set it down. A friend walked in just to see how far along I was. My parakeet had climbed out of its cage to observe. Then my friend jumped onto the bed, startling the bird which took off and crashed into my Pepsi, knocking it against the reset button. It reset my game, but worse yet, spilled Pepsi all over me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about what about you, Ben? Did you see any? Uh, I did. Uh, you know which one? I got. You know, I got. I got more. I but I'm going to let you have a turn. At one point for writing, taking the time to write just a shitty letter like that. That's horrible. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, not, well, the next one's pretty lame. But I'm gonna I'm gonna skip over to one called "Flushed with Pride" from Karen Day in Lancaster, California. Um, and she's talking about uh, how she bought Game Boys for her sons for Christmas. And uh, she says, a few weeks ago, I heard a scream from upstairs. One of her kids had flushed the toilet while they, while they were holding four game packs, and three of them fell Ooh. in. Two were flushed, and one was left floating. We retrieved it and dried it, dried it off, and it still played. The other two stopped up the toilet. The maintenance man in our apartment thought he could dissolve them with lye. So we poured it in and let it soak for 24 hours. That was what a let fucking guess, horrible. Let me guess. Let me guess. Ready? Written by drummer. Johnny Knoxville and Bam Margera. <laughs> no, they no, they would have taken a uh, no, they would have poured in the uh, the lie and then tried to fish the game out while pouring in the lie. They probably would have tried to cherry bomb it to, to get it out of there. <laughs> this guy's using lie. What does he think this is? Like a body down there? Guys, I gotta cut out <laughs> like, here. I gotta, dude, gotta they... another call now. So listen, thanks for having me. I really All appreciate right. it. Thanks for checking out comicswatchingcomics.com. Awesome, man. Thanks so All much right. for having me. Thanks for joining Thank us. Thanks Take for care. Being on the Take show, care. and don't, don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends that you were on the show. We'll do. Right? Send me a link. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah. So I just want to tell this maintenance guy, dude, they didn't flush a hooker down the toilet. They flushed, <laughs> not, flushed a couple game boys. It's, it's not. It's not a mouse or a squirrel. Okay. <laughs> I mean, not, not everything in the mm. drain is a body or, or you know criminal evidence. And besides, these are games. Couldn't you fish them out with the snake first? <laughs> I know, right? So finally, the, after 24 hours, it was still stopped up, so they, they decided to take apart the plumbing. And when they got the games out, they looked fine. The lie hadn't even hurt the labels on them. So they rinsed them off, and uh, they let them dry, and then they tried them out, and they worked, and they worked fine. <laughs> so Wow. That plumber needs to be sued for using, like, <laughs> like third-world, third watered-down byproduct of lie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if that lie didn't even dissolve the fucking paper mm-hmm. on the game cartridge, or at least, you know, corrode some of the contacts, it is just not there doing its damn job. Right. I mean, like, this guy's using a shitty product. I mean, like, good for them that he was using a shitty product, but the fact remains, they, pro- <laughs> they he probably charged them for using good lie while he's obviously using counterfeit lie, or should I say lie squared. You could say he was lying about what he did to the toilet. <laughs> I like the uh, uh, the one you skipped over. I was about to finish Karate Kid when the screen started getting fuzzy. Then the power went out. So I guess it was a brownout if there was a you know a visible degradation before <clears throat> it went out. So. Yes, when it came back, my game was gone. I was mad because I had told my sister she could play SMB when I was done. God must be a girl. <laughs> and uh, the the other ones are short and, you know, just cute. 
When I finally beat Bowser in Super Mario Bros. 3, my brother and I wanted to take a picture, so we turned off all the lights. Unfortunately, the lights were connected to the wall socket, and it turned off my darn game! <laughs> from That's Nathan Boot from Vancouver, Washington? Oh, so there's a Vancouver that's not in uh, British Columbia. Uh, it's the island, right? Uh, WA, Washington. Okay. Oh, Vancouver. Oh, Vancouver has a. It does have Vancouver Island, but it's also a city. Right. I know. And then the last one was one hot game. One day, my brother and I was playing Dr Double Dragon Two, when my mom smelled a fire. Everyone had to evacuate. We left so fast he forgot to pause his game. Smoke was coming from the laundry room, but it was just a lint fire. Ah, oh, you lost your game because of that. It was just a lead fire. Still a fire, dude. Lint fire, not a lead fire. Oh, well. One lint fire. One, yeah, exactly. A lead fire. Still could have lit the <laughs> house up, you know? Someone was burning batteries in the backyard. It was a good call. Just saying. <laughs> well, the mailbox, I had to look this up. And uh, I found some follow-up information. Did you? Oh, uh, no. Because I, I had to look up this guy. Okay. Uh, the last letter in the mailbox. The I am writing about my son Joseph, who is 11. He is a Nintendo freak who has been legally blind since birth. He started playing when he was three and has become a master. Playing Nintendo has changed his life. To start with, he couldn't see moving objects except when they were up close and moving slowly. Then his grandpa bought him an NES. About a year about. After about a year, we had his vision tested for school. We were stunned to learn his vision had improved greatly. The doctors were all shocked as we were. After talking with Joe, they concluded he had perfected his vision by playing Nintendo. Since the screen continuously moves, it strengthened the muscles in his eyes. Hmm. The doctors encouraged him to play an hour a day and more if possible. He was so happy he asked the doctor about getting a prescription <laughs> for a couple of games. That's hilarious. <laughs> I was about to mention that... The difference is now his sight is unbelievable. The dean of the School of Ophthalmology examined our son and just shook his head. He said it's given him something to recommend for other kids with his problem. His dream is to go to the University of Washington and work for Nintendo developing new games. He even jokes he would like to have Howard Phillips' job. Watch out, Howard. Don't be, yeah, don't be surprised if someday an eager kid with glasses walks into your offices. That would be my son, Joe. From Julie Snipes, Malmet, Illinois. And I uh, tried to look up this kid, but because there's no picture of him, I couldn't tell which fucking Joe Snipes I was looking at. Mm -hmm. So uh, finding him on uh, Google or Facebook was very hard. But he was mentioned three years later because I found an article about him in the Chicago Tribune from 1992 talking about him when he was 14. Really? And it was a, just a short paragraph, but here is what it is. What the doctor ordered. Some people complain that kids play too much Nintendo, but that wouldn't stop 14-year-old Joe Snipes of Champagne. So, guess he moved. <laughs> Joe is legally deaf, and though he can see out of the sides of his eyes, legally blind. His doctor told him to play video games to help him learn how to use his limited vision to its full ability. After four years of daily games, Joe may be able to get a driver's license in a few years. Joe was the Nintendo champ at Malmet Senior High. Interesting. So, this kid's, uh, you know, he's he's wow. getting his uh, his video game equivalent of Wheaties. Right, no kidding. 
Uh, does the next one get your attention, or can we move on? No, let's move on. That's, a, that's our typical. I'm, I'm uh, bragging on my on my kid for playing much video games. <laughs> Letter. Yeah. So next up, and the next. I like the one. He that? never reads instruction manuals. He simply plays and learns. Well, that's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> uh, yeah. You shouldn't need the instruction manual if the game's designed properly. Just playing the game should teach you how to play it. Yeah. Okay, so introduce this game, because I got nothing about you it. You got nothing about Solar Jetman? Um, uh, I probably should have taken, taken the time to play it. <laughs> oh, shit. I wonder if John ta- I wonder if John played it. Hunt for the oh. Golden Warship. So we're looking at some uh, art on the front, which... Of a silver warship. Looks <laughs> very odd. It just looks like a series of, like, uh, satellite dishes stacked on top of each other, hooked up to some pipes. Yeah, it looks it, it looks like a sex swing from uh, <laughs> Metropol from Metropolis. <laughs> it looks you like a, from, you remember that movie from the thirties yes. about the uh, the sci fi robot. So it looks like a yeah, it's it's, it's Maria sex swing. Lovely. It looks <laughs> like a Bunsen burner turned sideways. <laughs> oh my gosh! It's just this odd collection of like mufflers and uh, antenna. Or it's a uh, mess. Uh, what, uh, tes- uh, what are they? not Tesla coils? Cathode tubes, like uh, you know the things in Frankenstein's lab mm-hmm. that always has like the lightning between them. Yes, it's got that on top. I guess like that's the uh, it's like the Sibian. That's where you st- that's where you sit in the middle, <laughs> and then you get your nu- you get your nut zapped. Oh, it's, well, there's two of them, so you can you can join on it well, with a friend. Uh, no, no, you know it doesn't go in your ass. <laughs> you put your nuts between the poles, and the lightning arcs through them. Oh, it's a male Sibian. Okay, I got you. Well, it could be. I mean, like, if you want to put a girl in there, I guess one for each, but, you know, they better be flexible. So it's uh, it's from the Federation of Space Leagues. It gives new meaning to the term shocker. (laughs) By the way, I don't know if you ever noticed, if you ever go online, so I went to, uh, and John make fun of me for this, but I went to the uh, Arizona State University, and... um, their mascot, their team mascot is is Sparky um, because their team <laughs> is the Sun Devils. And Sparky looks a bit like an evil Walt Disney on purpose, I guess, because... You mean, you mean he looks like Walt Disney? Yeah. Well, even even <laughs> eeler, even eeler Walt Disney because he has like the devil horns and all that kind of stuff with the pitchfork. <laughs> so his thing is he's got a, he's got a pitchfork, right? So for for whatever reason, in the last few years, I don't know why this has been developed. It, you know, someone must have done it as a joke, and their marketing people just like took it and ran with it. There are literally people at these games, sports games, throwing up the shocker because it looks like a pitchfork. <laughs> so if you go and look up like ASU like shocker, you'll see, I'm sure you'll 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 see some guys like and girls like throwing up that hand sign. <laughs> I'd like to see a I'd like to see a guy do that while dressed up as Spock. Oh, lovely! Live long and shocker. <laughs> so yeah, John went to the uh, competing uh, state school. So. <laughs> what fist fisting academy? <laughs> lovely. Uh, <laughs> oh, did you hear about that? Uh, I read online today that. Uh, Somebody hacked like a fisting fetish website and is like uh, stolen like a hundred thousand 
like logins and identities, and it's like threatening to like to release the details. <laughs> you want to, is that is that why John can't be with us because he's pouring lie all over his hard drive? <laughs> too late for that. They already if they was they would have had his uh, his name and all that already. Guess how much this hacker's asking for though? Take a guess at how much he's asking for to to, to not release the the list of names. A dollar per name. <laughs> Two thousand dollars. <laughs> For the whole thing? Yeah, that's it. I was like, what really? The fuck is, he, is he behind on his rent? He's, like, he's got 100,000 names, and he's only asking for 2,000? I was like, dude, what is this, amateur hour? Come on now. Dude, a dollar per name. I could have fucking, like, a dollar per name. Just give me a dollar, and I'll, and I'll uh, allow you your anonymity. Right. Like, I'd pay that if I freaking believed him. I'd buy that for a dollar. Exactly. Uh, anyways, How, what about what about your privacy and anonymity? I'd buy that for a dollar. There you go. Pretty much. <laughs> okay, so let's get on with this oh. goofy, retarded-looking. Well, not retarded, but you know, just a, a goofy doofus. Right. In the uh, for a face like big teeth, big nose, big chin, and not like big eyes, and he's like, "Oh, I am flying through space so much it back." <laughs> So you pop out of the uh, main um, ship, is that it? And uh, and you go around your little pod, or or just in your space in your space shuttle. Uh, yeah, it looks like you're like traveling around in like a little uh, pod. They keep calling it pod. Mm-hmm. And then uh, in one like, but then like in in hint number four, it says. Dump your pod before going into the cyber zone stages. So you're getting all these accessories to upgrade your pod, and then it tells you destroy your pod and into the cyber zone. So <laughs> it's like, can you give me some consistency here? Am I supposed to upgrade my pod for like all this insane amount of money, or am I supposed to abandon it and move on? So he's trying to obtain the fabulous golden warship. Warp ship. Warp ship. Sorry. Excuse me. That would worship would him better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, if he was like working for like nuclear Hitler, and he's trying to expand his empire beyond the charred Earth. <laughs> okay. You know, he he finally took over the world, vaporized, and now he's like, "Fuck, I live here." So what the hell am I going to do now? I need I need a golden warship. And so it looks like you're supposed to explore every area, and and you're basically every time you you go to a new area. You're picking up a piece of the warp ship, I guess, to build it at the very end. Um, and so they had different planets that you're supposed to get out of your spaceship and explore with your jet pod or pod or whatever. But apparently you're affected by things like the diameter of the planet and gravity. Mm. So they have all these kind of upgrades you can get for the pod, a.k.a. the jet pod. You get homing missiles. Um, you can get star bullets which I don't know what the hell that means. Multi-warhead missiles, which don't look like they would hit anything. Um, the military bullet system, which looks like a Captain America shield and a bullet <laughs> underneath it. I don't understand what the deal with that is. Momentum killers, which looks like a brick wall. Uh, titanium bullet pack, which sounds like a free-to-play uh, ripoff. <laughs> we have the Nippon Sports Jet pod, um, Italian racing jet pod, 
So, it, so Italy exists in this in this future, Apparently. and they're making uh, and they're making overpriced, flashy looking jet pods. Yeah, there you go. It's got uh, uh. <laughs> yeah, Super Mario Andretti driving in. <laughs> <laughs> so the names of these plants are are uh, kind of wacky. They have uh, Mexomorph. Ombru, Corso, Casero. Case <laughs> a, a mexomorph sounds like a shape-shifting Hispanic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ombru sounds like a terrible beer. Corso, Corso. <laughs> oi, it's, ca- oi, it's Ombru beer. <laughs> I brewed it in my home. I brewed it in my rectum. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Bombru. Oh. This is Ombru. Ombru. <laughs> rooted in me home. And then we have Corso Casero, which sounds like uh, an American <laughs> ordering a, uh, a Mexican dish. Hey, can I get that uh, Corso Casero over here? Si, senor. <laughs> I will go poop in it in the bathroom. <laughs> I will be there. I'll be back in five minutes after I can achieve an erection. <laughs> Lovely. Unrelated, of course. Unrelated, of course. In order to serve fruit, food, he has to be fully erect. That's his. That's his uh, personal. No, law. no, he has to get erect first before he can jizz in it. Oh, it's just lovely. Or, 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 or like, or like. Uh, that's how they make the corso casero. Yeah, that's how they spread the sauce around the mm. uh, the wrap. Lovely. He just uses this thing as a spreader. <laughs> so they have uh, baki and uh, lamonte. Which which just sounds like a Japanese snack. <laughs> yeah, it's like the. Oh, we're gonna uh, get some baki. It's like bok choy to go. Yeah. And uh, Lamonte sounds like uh, someone's terrible like nickname. <laughs> so that's what we should call uh, LeBron James. Hey, Lamonte, what? Uh, if he's being <laughs> he's being fancy and British, then they're like, oh, Lamonte. There you go. They have Trollton. <laughs> Shish kebab. Zlal Tortoise, Shammy Gen, M- Mipplezer, Mipplezer, Shanku, Oruwund. Shanku sounds like what you know they're going to do to you in prison. Right. So at the end of the game, I guess you put together this uh, fancy jet pod. Uh, says you put a lot of light years on the old jet pod. Now it's time to cruise with the stars in style with the golden warship. Warp ship. So does that mean you're not? Shit. Does that mean you're not done yet? I think you're. I think you're done. Hmm. So I think I'm done. Let's let's move on. All right. Next up, we got Howard and Nestor. Yep, we got Howard, Nestor, and Razor. You know this character with no introduction. Approach the Maniac Mansion with caution. Well, Razor's from Maniac Mansion. Oh, she's got the theme song. Oh, yes, because I can hear it while I'm reading this magazine. Okay, well, if you had bothered <laughs> to play the wonderful game that it is, you would know. So, you can see uh, them peeking around a room. I guess they're eavesdropping on themselves. Or, oh yeah, it's a split panel. It's just so poorly. It's so close. So, uh, Howard is telling them that they should split up and search every room. And Nestor, for some reason, is uh, telling uh, Razor to just holler if it uh, gets too much for her. 
Then she pinches his cheek and smiles and said, how could I be scared with a hunk like you around? So I guess she's, uh, you know, judging from her looks, she's got a type. Cause, and, that, and that type is people with very spiky front hair. There it is. Oh yeah, now I can hear it. I had to have the magazine open for about uh, two hours, but now I can hear it. Anyways. That's kind of cool. It continues on like that. I think she's the character where they try to put together like a demo tape and you send it in. I think she's the one. Hmm. Like her theme is, yep. by the way, it's impossible to try and listen to that theme on loop while you're playing the game because it's so annoying after like <laughs> the first time. <laughs> oh, yeah, cause, well, that can't be the whole thing. It sounds like an intro. Yeah, I mean, it's, but, a, it's, like a, it's like three minutes long. Oh, no, it's not three minutes long. It's a minute 38, sorry. So Nestor searches around, and he finds a uh, sarcophagus next to a, uh, an Anubis jackal next to a weight machine. But uh, the big thing that I like is the... Uh, it's, it's obviously a mummy's room, and it's got a pinup poster of a mummy with, a, with, with breasts. Ew. So Nestor is uh, trying to use the weight mach- the hunkomatic, and he's thinking about Razor, uh, calling him a hunk, and then he says pumping iron is for weenies, and uh, then he sees a roll of a white strip. It could be a cord or a rope or something. He sees it going into the uh, into the tub behind the shower curtain, and he remembers uh, Howard saying, "Be careful not to touch anything." which, of course, he ignores, throws open the curtain, and it's a mummy. So he does the cartoonish scream, running, runs away, and runs headfirst into a big green tentacle. And as he runs away screaming from that, the tentacle's like, why doesn't anyone like me? Mm-hmm. And then he encounters all the other people in Maniac Mansion, like Fred or Nurse Edna or Nurse Fred. Cutting Nurse up Edna, a, yep. Cutting up a chicken with a chainsaw. And then he uh, he makes it out of the uh, mansion, hiding behind a bush, and then he imagines that the figure coming out of the shadows is going to cut off his head with the chainsaw. And then Razor's there uh, asking, oh, is that a hunk in hiding? And then he's, uh, trying to cu- he's trying to brush it all off, saying he was trying to rip the bush out so he could crawl into the basement through the grating. And she's all, well, that's good thinking. I thought you were avoiding me. And then Nestor goes, oh, do you think I'm a tuna head or what? <laughs> and then she smiles and says, maybe a shrimp. And then Howard says, I don't know what they're talking about, but something fishy's going on in Maniac Mansion. He's kind of getting weirded out because Razor totally has the haunts for Nestor in this. Yeah, I mean, like, this must be like a, a first for Howard where his dapper looks and his intelligence aren't enough to secure total victory. Mm-hmm. So it looks like things are coming up for Nestor because, you know, she's uh, obviously... Ignore obviously buying his lies, or she's just not upset that he's a big scared maniac. <laughs> and uh, but there's not much gameplay tips that I gathered from this. Nothing. He kind of uh, telling me. I mean, he kind of got some in there. So basically, it's they slipped him in. But I mean, with the tip about not opening like the shower curtain, that's one of them. And the other one is the last one about tearing at the bush and climbing into the basement. Hmm. That's If you have a character that's stuck in the basement, I think that's the way you get them out. Uh, but I think you well, have to have some kind of tool or something. 
This takes us to more talking about Little Nemo's The Dream Master. And I know I gotta say this game, it looks like a real fun treat. It's just like this little kid hopping around this bright colored world, jumping on mushrooms, leaping off, collecting keys, and you don't even like destroy or kill anything. You just throw candy at it and then you can ride around these animals and get little power-ups and you know, you just get to be a, a friggin' little kid. And it shows a picture of him jumping. And it seems every time he jumps, like, it's just arms up in the air, stomach, uh, pr chest pumped outwards. It's like everything is just reckless joy and abandon and whimsy. It's like he's just full of joy when he jumps. Did you ever uh, play this game? No, but I should. It looks friggin' it looks yeah, it's, fantastic. It's a really good game, actually. Um the cool the the feature about about this is there's different animals you can become, so you can kind of it sounds kind of weird, but you can kind of like jump jump on them and jump into their skin. So like you can put on like a frog suit <laughs> and like jump around like a frog, and you can use like your belly to like knock enemies off the screen. You can get into a mole suit and dig through dirt, um, and I think one of them is a lizard. Or salamander of some kind. Um, you, a, you know, this yeah. this was a sweet, innocent game until you ended up fucking crawling into people's <laughs> mouths and, and wearing it's their bodies. Come on. <laughs> you know what I find disturbing nowadays is like they have like all those hats for kids that's like a character's head on like a beanie that they're wearing. And like it just looks like they decapitated like a character and put it on their head. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like they have like minion head like caps. Yeah, like people walking around like with J like uh, uh, Jake and Finn from Adventure Time. Yeah, but it's, it's not like, like covering yeah. their face or anything. Like you're trying to be the character. It's like, oh, I, I know I murdered them, decapitated them, and now I'm wearing their their head as a hat. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, I, I've I've seen like so many like so many people with these things, and I'm like, you know, it was it's cute on a kid, mm. but you, it's like. I I don't know I don't know what to make of you anymore. So do you know where Little Nemo? Uh, and then we see. Uh, do you know where the concept come for Little Nemo comes from? Oh yes, we talked in the. Yes, the uh, Little Nemo in Slumberland from the uh, from the uh, from the uh, oh, fuck. What was his name? Windsor McKay. That's right. His comics. Yeah. Have you seen the film? Detail. Did you no, John did. We t he talked about that. The cartoon? Yeah. Oh, that man. was the inspiration for this. Not the... Uh, it was lifted from the... Uh, this more... Yeah. This was lifted from the movie more than... Right. The Winsor McKay comic strip. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the, the movie itself is extremely odd. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really odd to watch. It's uh, very Japanese, to put it that way. <laughs> that explains everything. Yeah. So it's. I wonder. I wonder if Windsor McKay watched that. He'd be like, "The fuck." <laughs> I mean, it's. I don't know if it was actually Japanese influence. It just felt like it watching it <laughs> because of how, well, how it was, strange it was. Well, it was definitely done by a Japanese studio. Like uh, it was released in Japan under a Japanese name. Oh, okay. Well, yes, yeah, so it's a joint American-Japanese feature-length film. So I'm guessing that's. Uh, yeah, that'd be why. Yeah. So we see that things like the Mighty Mole. Transform into a mole and you can dig into the earth with your powerful claws. 
Being a peaceful animal, the mole has no ability to attack. Well, obviously you never played the Mega Man X and fought Mole Man. <laughs> I think this is this is predates that. Yeah. And then you see uh, Little Nemo uh, riding a purple dinosaur with a green belly. So it's Barney. He's riding Barney. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and then he's riding a gorilla that's smoking a cigar. That's nice. Is he and, actually smoking uh, a cigar in the game, or is that just the art from the the article here? Well, yeah, the game, it looks like... Yeah, you look closely at the screenshots. The monkey's definitely got something in his mouth. Yeah, he's got a cigar sticking out, and I think it's wearing shades as well. Yeah, so the artwork was actually missing accessories. Yeah. The artwork makes him look like cross-eyed and stoned. The donkey, that is. I mean, that not donkey, the, yeah. the, the gorilla. Yeah, Donkey Kong. I was thinking Donkey Kong. Oh, yeah. So we get to see a whole bunch of, like, maps and power-ups. And the uh, the only thing I have to mention is when you get to Nightmare Land, everything that was cute and sweet and innocent about this just takes a friggin' turn. <laughs> I mean, when they say Nightmare Land, they mean it. Like, shit got dark. And <laughs> yeah. You end up apparently having to fight, like, a, a penguin. And then it says, Nemo can't defeat the evil creatures of Nightmare Land with a bag of candy alone. So the princess gives him a magical morning star, which he can <laughs> use to cast bolts of force. Morning star. Holy shit. <laughs> bolts of force. Yeah. And, and morning star. An actual morning star. You'd be using that to cave in skulls. Pretty much. Yeah. Does it have spikes so, on it or just a clubbing device? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it looks like he's fighting uh, Satan. Uh, yeah. Pretty much straight up there, and he's throwing, and he's like barfing vomit. Up, he's like barfing blood on him. He's just like jamming like what appears to be a lollipop, which is I guess the morning star, <laughs> into, into his, his only uh, into his crotch and just firing upwards a, a red globular uh, <laughs> thing at, the, I at this he, guy. I thought that I thought that guy was barfing blood on him. Oh, that's, that's coming from and Satan there. And he's trying and he's trying to block with the. Uh, with the, with the little Q-tip that he's that he's wielding, the quote Morning Star unquote. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah, I think you might be right about that. Satan's just vomiting on him. All right. Yeah. It it just cuts in with this whole thing happening. It gets pretty challenging the, towards the end of the game. You can kind of make it out down there where like you're looking at an upside down like city almost, and you have it's to like Castlevania. Like Castlevania yeah, has uh, upside down levels. Yeah, so it's all upside down. And you're trying to. It's it's still kind of cute themed, and then you have to jump on like um, little clouds and um, like uh, um, beds and stuff because you're in Slumberland, you know, all that stuff. Okay. Well, that takes us to Counselor's Corner, and uh, oh boy, I've got I, I, all I, I got to say looking at these counselors is. Welcome to Mike's Miles of Mullets. You want mullets? We got mullets. We can satisfy all your various mullet needs. If you, if, 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 you fa if you fancy a conservative mullet, business in the front and a subdued party in the back, more like a light social gathering, we've got the Brian Anderson. Perfect if your hobbies include drawing, water skiing, listening to Van Halen, and tossing frisbees. Nothing says I mastered over 250 games like the Brian Anderson mullet. Uh, tossing frisbees. <laughs> if, you, 
If you want to get a little wilder party going on, like a barbecue and some soft rock music, you happen and you happen to look like a healthy looking Steve Buscemi. No. Can I interest you in the Lee Douglas? <laughs> when you fin- <laughs> when you finish Legacy of the Wizard in thirty eight minutes with no codes, you want to look your best. <laughs> If you dropped the business front for a casual gathering in the front and decided to host a raging kegger in the back, then you're not a rock star, you're a Kirk star. <laughs> this model is conducive for water skiing as well as listening to music and playing guitar. If you can beat Mega Man 2 with one man, you're a star. <laughs> and if you decide to take it to the limits and forgo all sense of propriety with a kegger in the front and a gathering of the juggalos in the back, then you're not walking away without the Sean Bloom. When people see this, lines mean engulfing your fucking head. They'll know that you like listening to music, playing gays, and video game, playing bass and enjoying video games. Rest assured, when they want to make movies, they'll know who to cast for the guy who can beat Zelda 2 with one man. And that man is Sean Bloom. Well, the only one thing came to mind for me, and I was... And it was this. Try to skip ahead here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just imagine Tony Katane writhing on the hood of a car. And any one of these guys can be the guy that she's checking out. There you go. I, I think it's all go. of them. We, we we've got we got the assembled group Dude. of White Snake here. Yeah, these guys could easily be a, a '80s hair band. Kirk plays guitar. Brian Anderson listens to Van Halen and tosses frisbees with the right. roadies. And Kirk Star <laughs> would obviously be lead singer. You know, rocking rocking uh, guitar. Sean Bloom might be the might be the uh, bassist. The bass. Lee Douglas yeah. has got to be the drummer because you can just yeah. see in his shoulders there. He's got the power arms. And uh, <laughs> Brian would be <laughs> off to the side playing the playing the uh, tambourine or something. <laughs> he'd be playing. He'd be playing the frisbee. He'd be running the light show. There you go. <laughs> oh, so that's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's one of my best bits ever. It's pretty good. <laughs> I like that. So they go into talking about Doctor Mario next. So apparently um, parents were concerned about this. So I'll talk about the concept first. So Dr. Mario, I think we talked about in the past, is Mario. It's a Tetris-type clone puzzle game where um, viruses and pieces of pills different in different colors stack up in a bottle, and you have to try and rotate pills coming in from the top, just like Tetris, to line up the colors correctly. And once I think you get four in a row, then they disappear. And um, yeah, so it basically is, is, is picture Mario dressed up like a doctor, toss, chucking uh, pills into a, a pill bottle. Again, not a patient, so there's no danger. I don't get the urgency. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you, you want to get the viruses out of the bottle, why don't you pour hot water and bleach in there? But... You know, I guess it wouldn't be much of a game if you're just washing out bottles properly. I honestly consider Dr. Mario to be like a legitimate sequel to like Tetris, uh, quite honestly, because it's sort of a... It's an evolution. It's an evolution it's on a, the concept. It, it takes it. It takes the same... It, instead of the concept being tired and repeated, mm-hmm. it, bring, it introduces the same style, you know, falling pieces that you have to configure properly, mm-hmm. but in a completely new dynamic and a refreshing visual change. 
instead of like oh shapes and blocks it's it's just one shape but it's it still keeps it it simplifies it mm -hmm. and maintains challenge and fun and the music is just so fucking addictive you can just listen to that shit on, shit on a loop it's just like you see acapella videos of it on youtube and it's freaking infectious get it lovely so the game has been hailed as as one of the best nintendo games of all time it did very well critically and with sales and they also got a number of concerned parents writing in they were concerned that dr mario was handing out uh, medicine. They were they were concerned that the concept involved medicine. Period. As I guess you know, I, I guess the idea is a, a kid would go and then start ingesting, trying to find medicine in the house and ingesting it themselves wanna, or something. I, I want to do the Mario. I want to be just no, like that, Mario. No, you're, no, you're supposed no, you're supposed to swing your arms from side to side and jump up and down. Oh. You're not supposed to overdose on pills. <laughs> Get out of the medicine cabinet, you fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, don't be pulling the Anna Nicole Smith. Come on now. <laughs> so one of the coolest parts about this game is the versus mode. So in versus mode, you can play this, you know, live with two players on the same screen. Um, you both have each have a pill bottle. And when you make like massive combos, it just like throws a bunch of junk uh, of, of viruses into the other person's pill bottle. So you're constantly in a race, not only to clear your screen, but also to um, strategically clear, clear lines so you can dump on the other person. Um, so it's it's pretty funny if you can find someone that that uh, is about your, your same uh, skill. And if you're looking at this picture, it looks like Luigi's winning. Yeah, he's like not even looking at the screen, and Mario's like sweating. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I like the artwork here. It's uh, you usually we shit on the artwork for its flaws, but this one, uh, I guess, being a Nintendo game. Like by Nintendo Company, mm -hmm. they really nailed the artwork on they this. Did. Like Mario, Mario looks good, although it, it never seems to explain why he has brown hair and a black mustache. <laughs> but uh, like, the artwork is cute. Like he's chasing viruses, although now they're the size of like puppies. So I don't know what he plans to do when he catches them because mm -hmm. you know, you know, if the viruses are that big, they may just ingest him. Right. But uh, one of the big things I like is. It says here, Dr. Mario's diagnosis. No one knows as much about the methods of manipulating capsules as Dr. Mario. Manipulating capsules sounds like he's abusing his prescription pad. What's he putting inside those capsules that we don't know about? I don't know if he can blow up viruses on contact. It could be anything. <laughs> although, although, although we know it's not mm. a lie because that doesn't dissolve shit. It's nitroglycerin. I think that's a secret ingredient. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the, I forgot to mention one of the cool parts about uh, pl playing versus is you can actually give yourself a handicap if you're so much better than the other person. You can start off on different virus levels, which means the speed that they fall down. So you can do it yeah. per player to try and get an even match. That's cool. And the, uh, the only thing I've got to complain about is that there's a lot of fucking coverage on this game simply for the fact that, like, match the colors get four in a row and try to do some uh, combinations. I know. I remember and when they had that whole like 16 page, like Tetris insert <laughs> that we went through and I, I was know. like, what, how much why is there to this game? Why do the simplest games get like a double digit percentage right. of, of the entire coverage of the damn magazine? <laughs> 
I get oh like they're trying to like goodness. give you like ways to like do combos and stuff, and it's like, yeah, you learn that by playing the game. Yeah, practice makes perfect, not friggin' studying. And, and then after about eight pages, mm-hmm. then it has Doctor Mario's board exam. Eliminate this virus with a double. So, oh my gosh, it's like, what do you have to cut out these things, and now you're playing paper, Doctor Mario? <laughs> Well, and then the, the next page has the results, so you can see how to practice, practice, practice. And if you find triples easy, try quadruple. Oh my gosh! Now this is what I call playing doctor. <laughs> <laughs> that should have been their tagline. So okay, after that we've got a special feature about the Game Boy. <laughs> if, if if your mom asks where you were, why you come home late, just say you were playing doctor. Yeah, and she <laughs> says what? You say, oh, Dr. Mario. Yeah, yeah, my teacher showed me. <laughs> Lovely. So, okay, on to the Game Boy uh, previews, reviews. I can't tell which which one's which. Um, they are uh, yeah, we get to see DuckTales. DuckTales for the Game Boy, which looks like a faithful recreation almost. I mean, it yeah. looks fairly similar. You get the pogo stick. You go around collecting things from different parts of the world. It's on a smaller screen, obviously smaller scale, um, but a, a similar type of experience. It looks like on the go, so it looks pretty good. Then they've got uh, <laughs> Doctor Mario for 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 the Game Boy. Miraculously, they have only got one page to cover this. <laughs> yeah, and the cool part about this is you can use the video game like a Link, so the the cord that connects between two 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 Game Boys. Yep, the link cable. The link cable, and you can play against a friend. You do... Yep. So, you know, the, the Game Boy was a really groundbreaking piece of machinery. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, portable multiplayer. Mm-hmm. It's, like, such an amazing concept, and they just nailed it so well. Right. Like, they, and they actually, and it was a good idea to go with the black and white screen simply to allow for longevity of the battery. Right. While the uh, the Game Gear... You could play like Sonic in your uh, school cafeteria, but you know the battery would only last until like lunch is over. Right. When you had the Atari Lynx, which was like six AA batteries and lasted you like two hours or something. <laughs> I'm like, wow, that was great. They didn't have uh, lithium-ion batteries or anything back then, so it was just all right. Toss a toss a whole bunch of double A's in there. You know. Oh yeah. And next is RoboCop. The future in law enforcement. And this looks probably not very good. (laughs) I'm guessing. (laughs) It's got got a first-person mode where you can actually uh, shoot at civilians. Or, I mean, uh, shoot behind civilians. (laughs) You can shoot around civilians. Right. (laughs) So, I don't know if that's any good or not. I hadn't played that port. But uh, I'm guessing, let's see, it's by Ocean. I was looking for the LJN tag. <laughs> I can't imagine it's that great, but hey, who knows? Next up is a football game called Play Action Football. John's out here, so Fuck move it, it on. Yeah. Game Boy Classified. Uh, we get to get the Power Punch for Final Fantasy Legend. Uh, apparently, if you buy Punch Power, uh, buy two rounds of Punch Power, and then if you use one up, the next will be Super Punches. Whatever that means about Final Fantasy, like 
How could they, how could they ruin it for the Game Boy? But they did. They found a way. They found a way. You know, Heart, the Hearts level of Tetris. Yeah, it says you can start your game at high speed. Press press and hold down on the control pad. Then start. Choose the game and level and begin. A heart symbol will be added to your level, making the game extra fast. All right, and then uh, what the hell is Shanghai? Is that Mahjong? <laughs> they just call him Shanghai, though. <laughs> just like ran- Well, we know it's a Chinese sport, so we just call it after a random city in China. Uh, let's call this game Beijing. But sir, it's just another Mahjong game. Uh, uh, fuck it, uh, Shanghai. Done. <laughs> so uh, last up, we've got uh, now playing. It tells you about the new games coming out for a little bit, and then it's got the Game Boy Top Ten. So, number one is Super Mario Land. Number two is Gargoyle's Quest. Number three is Batman. And then rounding out top five is Tetris and Golf. So, we're going ahead and take a break at this point, and we will come back with the back half of the issue here, starting with Castlevania Three: Dracula's Curse. I'll go ahead and uh, close us out. So, in between issues that we post, you can find us on Twitter at GetThePower88. You can find us, of course, on Facebook at the Playing With Power podcast. Um, and you can also find Mike on his sh- other shows. Uh, he does a Technobabble podcast, which is about uh, technology and uh, new and interesting innovations in the world of technology. And he does that over on the Geek Fallout Network. And also on the Geek Fallout Network, he's also on Hear Me Roar, a Game of Thrones podcast. And uh, let's see. Uh, no, I'm not. I well, I'm not on that podcast anymore. Oh no, no, just uh, <laughs> just didn't have the time. Oh, I'm I had sorry. To, I had, like like the guy was dedicated to making putting out like fast, like you know, like wanted it to be fresh and relevant. So oh, so he was like, of, let's do a live read of the of the thing, or right after. <laughs> Basically, oh, like okay. you know, you have to watch the show that night and be ready to talk about it the next day, and and I. I like my shows where I can actually watch them <laughs> when I get around to them, not like have to make a job out of it. All right. Well, I'll stop mentioning that in our, our roundup. Um, <laughs> and of course, we were on uh, Patreon if we want to toss a few shekels. And yeah, uh, we're on. If, yeah, if you want to find it, we can. you can find a link to it on the Facebook page. Mm-hmm. I had it pinned to the top, but then someone unpinned it, so now it's not the first thing people see. <laughs> my bad. But you can, <laughs> I think that was me. Well, you did. <laughs> Anyway, now uh, you can find us there, and you can also find us at patreon.com slash playingwithpower. So we keep it simple for you to find. Patreon.com slash playingwithpower. Just support the show. The more money we get, we can add more shows, more types of shows. Uh, You know, we'd like to take this uh, big so that we can do cons or... Mike has you big know, dreams, like, everybody. Let's help make those dreams it. come true. And uh, in the, if you don't have a few shekels to spare, please do us a favor. Go on iTunes and give us a rate and review. And if you don't know where you found this podcast, we're available on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Podbean, and Nobex Radio for all of you out there who enjoy the uh, BlackBerry um, phone And still. if you want 
And uh, in the very near future, we are building up a YouTube channel. We already got the first episode out where you don't have to read the... If you want to find out what we're looking at and what we're talking about, instead of having to find the scans online and then read them and just do a lot of work, we're going to do the work for you. And you can just read Nintendo Power with us. So we've got one we got one uh, video issue out, or a let's read, as I like to call them. And I like we'll that. That's catchy, out, by the way. Yeah, we'll be putting up more Let's Reads for uh, you in the future. So subscribe, find us on YouTube and subscribe. Subscribe on iTunes, rate and review us, subscribe here. Hit us up on Twitter, let us know you like the show, let us know on Facebook. We want to hear from you if you have ideas or if you'd like to be on the show and talk about certain issues or games with us. We would love to do that too. All right, let's go ahead and uh, try to go bail out uh, John from uh, his uh, current... Uh, <laughs> Issues with the law. <laughs> so you bring you you bring the money. I'll bring the dynamite. We'll see who has to. We'll see who comes home empty-handed. Very good. So until then, I'm Ben, and I'm Mike, and now you're playing with power. Entertainment system. Now you're playing with power. <laughs>